We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know what should happen? I should say, are you ready for rapid fire? I'm always ready, baby! This is the last regular season rapid fire, so... It is! That's I'm true. pretty fired up for Very it. Very true. Here we go. Scale of 1 to 10. Where do you put Stanford on Notre Dame's rivalry scale, Jesse? Ooh, 10 being like the greatest rival ever. I gotta put it like a solid 4, maybe a 5. And I say that just because Stanford as a program is just not really been good and and you know uh, at least 10 years i would say and so part of a rivalry to me is that the other the other half brings it it's competitive games it's not just one one side kind of steamrolling the other but you know i value the usc rivalry more i value when Notre Dame played michigan that rivalry meant more um shoot at this point i would say maybe navy even means more just because of it being navy. like navy and, and stanford i mean i guess it's not really a rivalry game but they oh. do, i mean you said maybe it means more. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> at this point, yeah. So very low on the on the rivalry. But when when the game when Stanford was good, you know, like when Harbaugh was still there and, and Shaw was in his first couple of years, like it those games felt like a rivalry because both teams were good and it had impact. It was meaningful games most of the time. So yeah, pretty low right now for me. The only reason I would even maybe put it at a four is because there, <laughs> there is a trophy involved. Because that's yes, what Jesse said the this legends is the most, trophy. This is the most manufactured rivalry slash trophy game that I've ever seen in my life. The only reason there's a trophy involved is because they play them every year, and the only reason they play them every year is because Notre Dame wants to end the season in California every or every year, which, which is dumb. They, this was not a rivalry game before they started playing every single year in the late 90s. This was not a rivalry, and it shouldn't be. There's no history to this matchup. None. It is a schedule out of convenience, and they're like, oh, man, uh, this really isn't a rivalry for us, so we better manufacture a trophy so that people give a crap. This is the dumbest thing ever. Take the trophy, throw it away, and get this game (laughs) off the schedule. There should have never been a trophy to begin with. I know. And they want to keep them on the schedule. They I had an know. opportunity to get them off the schedule oh. with this ACC thing, and now they're going to try to keep them on the schedule. It's like, just oh, put them in the normal break. ACC rotation. I put this at a one, and it's just because <laughs> they play every year. And look, 
they keep trying to tell us that this is a rivalry game. Marcus Freeman started off telling us what a great rivalry this is. And like you said, oh, the Legends trophy and all this stuff. It's like, you can tell me that Twilight is a great movie, but that doesn't make me actually <laughs> believe that Twilight is a great movie. I'm sorry, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. I just never bought into the whole Twilight thing. And I don't buy into this as a true rivalry. It, to me, it's just two teams who happen to play each other every year because of like what Vince was saying, convenience. It accomplished a mission, you know, for Notre Dame to get them out. They wanted to be, you know, they got themselves a partner with, with USC so that they could rotate this thing every year. I just, you know, Stanford's going to be wearing their uh, scarlet helmets for the first time ever. Did you see that? Nope, sure didn't. Red helmet that they're going to be wearing. (laughs) That's not smart. In this game. So, yeah, I just, I I just don't buy it as a rivalry game. USC is an actual rivalry game. Michigan, even though they don't play every year, still a rivalry game. Michigan State, Purdue, like there's so many better rivalries than Stanford. I mean, Jesse made a good point when Stanford was actually still good a few years back and, you know, like David Shaw sort of was more than willing to make himself the villain, you know, at at times during that. And when it was more competitive, that was a little bit different, but especially where Stanford has fallen back to right now, it's just, it's tough to build it up. It's a tough sell to call this a rivalry, I think. It is a tough sell. And I mean, look, Notre Dame is 22 and 14 against Stanford. And most of those losses came between 2009 and 2017 when Stanford was really, really good. Yeah. End of the Harbaugh era and right. the, you know, and the, the, the peak of the Shaw era. Yeah. Not going to happen anytime soon. It's not going to happen anytime soon. And anybody that watches Stanford play is going to understand that this is not going to change anytime soon. Because if, you, if you're upset with the way Notre Dame deals with NIL and recruiting and the transfer portal, Thank goodness you're not a Stanford fan. Really fair. They're even worse. It's like you're putting yourself in a hole if you're not going to even try to embrace. And I and with all the, you know, like sitting out there, Silicon Valley, you know, where where Stanford is and the things that they could be selling from an NIL perspective, getting, you know, some of those different tech companies involved and stuff like that seems like pretty easy peasy to me. But the way they push back it's like man you're just you're hurting yourself is what you're doing yeah and they and they they, they have, they're pretty hamstrung in recruiting even more so than notre dame because there's like they can't even officially recruit guys until they know they're going to get accepted into the university like yeah, that it's tough we'll talk about being hamstrung like that that's a tough tough pill to swallow if you're on the coaching staff and you need to get in on like let's talk about quarterbacks right you need to get in on guys that are freshmen in high school and you can't tell me that freshman in high school, you're going to know whether they're going to be able to get into Stanford University. You know, it's like there's there's just a lot of things that, that, that are going to be hampered by, and they're just getting left in the dust with modern college football. Yep. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. So Sam Hartman has 2,459 passing yards going into this game, as well as 22 touchdown passes on the season. His preseason touchdown total, 26 and a half, the over-under, which means he needs five in this game to go over. Scale of one to 10, does he have any chance to get there? If you asked me this two games ago before the Wake Forest game, I would have said this is like a one out of 10, but he put up a four touchdown game last game. They're going against a worse defense today. He hasn't gotten five all year. He's put up four twice, once against North Carolina State and once against Wake Forest. There's an outside chance now. It's just a matter of what. How long are they going to let let the offense cook for? How long are they going to let it get ugly potentially? Do they hit like big explosive 50-yard right. passes, right. I think, early on? I exactly. think that's going to be the key because I don't think he has a chance. He's probably going to have to get them in the first half, I think, if he's yeah. going to get to five. And so I think that I would put this realistically at like a four. Uh, I want to say like a five or a six, but I think four is more realistic. But there's still a shot. There's still an outside chance. And what really is frustrating is, you know, he's only five away. And he has in the last six games, he's got three, three goose eggs. He had goose eggs against Duke, goose eggs against Clemson and goose eggs against Pitt. And I think the Pitt one is the one that's the most maddening is because those interceptions Even if he has two in that game, all he needs is three today. That's That's what I mean. So it's just like, how, how did, how, how are they able to know that those goose eggs would just pop up eventually? I don't know. It's just, it's just frustrating. They suckered us, man. I don't know how they suckered us so hard. Oh, and they suckered us on so many different things that we were all like, take the over! Take the over! <laughs> like, I'm... Morons! How are they... the oh. passing, but the passing yards is realistic. He's he, at 20. What do you have for your line. over under? Because my my number is like 29 something. Mm-hmm. I got it at 2,800. Okay, you got it. So I think I got it like early on. I still thought he was going to get to 3,000 yards before Same. the season ever started. But I, I thought think it was like uh, you got it after the action started, Jesse, when it when the number came down a little bit. I got it 
a little too high. So, so. I just need 250 passing yards for that That's 2,800. That's really doable. Yeah. It's definitely doable. I, I would have more faith in the yards than I would the touchdowns, obviously. I, I just don't think he's going to get to five. Number one, I don't think he's going to be in the game long enough. And number two, they're going to run the ball like crazy. And because this yeah, defense especially is, with this is that stuff. bad, and I just, I don't know. I don't see it being, I just don't see this being a competitive game. And they're going to get Sam Hartman out. Like he's, I just don't, he's not going to, if he plays the whole game, Notre Dame is in big trouble, folks. Big trouble. True and story. if that's the case, we are having a completely different conversation when we reconvene next week. So um, I just, I don't think he's going to hit anything. I don't, I, as far so as you like put it at a numbers, one, a yeah, zero, like, yeah, zero. <laughs> there's there's no way he gets five. There's I no way. Like I gave it a two. Yeah. Like outside in this outside freaking... chance, but again, I think it's gonna be, you know, that they're like it, he's it's yeah. just air raid offense out there, right? Basically, and they're hitting they you know, 50 right. and 60 yard shots downfield. And I just don't see I don't see that being the game play. Like, oh man, we gotta come out and we gotta throw the ball against Stanford. Like that's that is not gonna be the case. So the only chance he has is if like a tunnel screen goes 60 or a slant goes, you know, 50. Like that's the only way that he gets this. Yeah. Only way. Okay. So we've been saving this for this show. We had some people ask about it the other day. After Notre Dame's win over Wake Forest last Saturday, the Notre Dame scoreboard crew played the Whitney Houston version of the song, I Will Always Love You, for Sam Hartman as he left the field. So here's what Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson said about it this week. There's no point in complaining about it. Um, you know, we saw it last week in South Bend, right? I mean, it's, you know, here's a guy that we recruited and we developed and, you know, they're putting a video on him saying, we will always love you. And I'm like, <laughs> you only dated him for a couple of months. It can't be love. <laughs> We're the ones that love him. We had five years with him. You rented him for a season. So, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, they, they, they bought him and rented him for a year, and now they love him. So it's, uh, you know, that, that, when that video played, it's just like, holy cow, this is where college football is. So. <laughs> you realize that quote's about to go off everywhere. Whatever. I'm past <laughs> the point. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? And again, you know, Sam and I had a great discussion before the game and after the game. And, you know, I love the young man. I really do. And I don't blame him at all for what he did. I mean, how, you can't have – that's the system now. And for him to have the opportunity, you know, to have that experience and make that type of money in one year, who can fault him? All right, Vince, so I'm going to start with you. You were there. You got to uh, see the whole – thing in person you hear dave clausen's comments there and it like how prophetic that guy in the media was like you realize that quote's about to go oh. viral right and here here right. we are it's been viral all week so what do you think well first of all they played it when he got pulled from the game so it was like between it wasn't during the broadcast it was during a commercial break right and um steve angeli's warming up you know that kind of a thing and he's just off to the side he's got his helmet off as far as Sam Hartman, that is. And so if you weren't in the stadium, you had no idea that this took place. What was going on? Think. Yeah. Okay, I don't think they showed it on the TV copy, right? Um, first of all, it was hilarious. I, I thought <laughs> – I took it as it was hilarious. Like, it was really funny. Yeah, right. Um, 
And he was, and that's what I thought when I heard it, right. you know, like he was funny. super embarrassed by it and he kept pointing at somebody. I think he was pointing at the offensive line. Like he, they wanted, he wanted the camera to like get off of him mm-hmm. and go someplace <laughs> else. Right. It was hilarious. It was really, really funny. Like I give a lot of props to the Notre Dame video board for like doing that because I thought it was really, really funny uh, in the moment. Right. And I was there, it was in the moment. It was funny. Dave Clawson, I don't know what he's supposed to say when he gets asked about that because he point well, blank got asked about it, right? He didn't bring it up. No, he was own. asked about something else and oh, okay. he segued into this. Oh, like he well, wasn't okay. even asked about. So, first yeah. of all, number one, uh, you need to be paying more attention to the team that's losing thirty six five to or whatever the score than was. What at they're the time. putting up on the scoreboard? Yeah, like why are you <laughs> worried about board. what's happening on the video board, dude? Like, let it go. There, there there's definitely some sour grapes there because they took his quarterback and they whooped his butt and all of these there's there's sour grapes there right and and that's fine I get it I mean I if I was in his shoes I would probably feel the same way but you know I think he kind of embarrassed himself by saying some of the things that he did but I get what he's saying I understand where he's coming from it was a joke man like nobody's professing their love but here's the other thing Sam Hartman embraced Notre Dame when he came here and the entire season said all the right things, the did all the right things, hundred percent. Yes. Like get mad at Sam for loving Notre Dame, or at least on the face of everything, loving Notre Dame. It's clear that he embraced the entire situation. So it's a two way street, Dave. Like it's not just unrequited love. This is a this is a relationship. Yes. And Sam Both Hartman's played. always going to be considered a Notre Dame man, and that's yep. it is what it is. So, first of all, this is big Jealous X energy for me <laughs> from, from uh-huh. Mr. Clawson. It, it's, it's, it just screams oh, Jealous yeah. X. But, you know, like you said, Vince, this wasn't supposed to be something that's serious. Everyone fangirls over Sam Hartman. Like, yes, my 100%. friends, my group chat of all guy friends fangirl over Sam Hartman, right? And so it's like you can only imagine all the women out there who tune in just – like, I know – there's I've seen people on Twitter say like, oh, I'm a Ohio State fan, but man, that Sam Hartman guy, you know, I would. ooh, And yeah. so it's just like they're playing into that. Like everyone knows who Sam yes. Hartman is. He's a great guy. He's the quarterback of Notre Dame. He's a handsome gentleman. Like it, it just all pays, you know, plays into it. And it's like what's annoying about Clawson is you better get used to it, buddy, because Wake Forest is a program where you're going to get poached from. If, yes. if you have players that have the ability to go to the NFL after four years, why would you not take that opportunity, right? And so this isn't about the NIL. This isn't about what Sam Hartman could get in terms of financials. This was Sam Hartman coming to a, a school where he felt like he had a better shot of going on into the NFL. He needed to learn. His biggest, the, the biggest critique of him is he ran a gimmicky offense. He needed to go find a way to run an offense that could show some of these NFL teams and scouts, hey, I know I've run this slow mesh, but I can do this too. And so I felt like it was really selfish of Clawson to say that because if you really genuinely cared about that five-year relationship that you had with Sam Hartman, you wouldn't come out and make those sort of comments. And I'll end it with this. I don't know if you guys saw this. Sam Hartman on Instagram last night yes. posted about 10 pick this 10 picture uh like you know slide, and it says it's a quote from from Batman. And it says, You either die or hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that has to be a direct relation because you read the comments. Audric Estime says, Notre Dame man, heart, heart, heart. J.D. Bertrand <laughs> says, thanks for coming to Notre Dame, Sam. And so, like, it, they're very much playing into what has, yes. you know, transpired this week. And obviously, 
Sam loves Notre Dame. He enjoys the opportunity and the time that he had at Notre Dame. So I think it's a really embarrassing look on Clawson's part. But I get why he said it, but you didn't have to go there. There was nothing – like you didn't need to, to go down into this rabbit hole. Especially unprovoked because, again, he was right. asked about something else and led that. into this yeah. on his own. So many levels to this. First of all, night the year is 1993, the year <laughs> my wife and I got married. The movie The Bodyguard. Vince, do you remember the movie The Bodyguard? I Kevin do. Costner, Kevin Costner. Whitney Houston. Yep. This that was the song, the Whitney Houston version. It Hell was yeah. everywhere, man. Like you could not get. I think it was number one for I don't know how long. You could not get away from that song. So it's like it's a little bit much. Personally, the Dolly Parton version, the original, a little bit better than this. I think maybe it's because you know Whitney's a, was a great singer, obviously, but that just that song reverberates in my head. Two, it is a jilted lover situation. You know, like like. Dave Clawson, I get it. it. You know, it's like you were dating someone, and then after the breakup, you're forced to sit there, you know, in the in the pew watching them yeah. get married. Like, basically. don't go to the wedding then, man. Or, or like <laughs> the wedding reception. It's like first yeah. dance time. I will always love you. And, and Clawson's got to sit there and watch this dance go on. But he was lucky to have him for five years to begin with. I mean, just think about where college football is. You know, like he said, that's where college football is. He's lucky to get him for five years to begin with. Did you really think? that NIL or not, like you were going to be able to keep a guy for six years. I think that that's pretty unrealistic, you know? And Vince, if we were doing this on a well-produced TV show, you know, they'd be showing that freshman year photo of, of right. Sam, you know, with the clean baby face and all that and the split picture of, of, you know, him with the beard today to show, you know, the, the difference for, you know, like when Clawson got him and where he is right now and all that kind of stuff. But you know, Notre Dame fans, I've seen them asking this week, well, did Notre Dame really buy Sam Hartman? Of course they did. You know, like Jesse said, right. there were benefits. You know, the, the the biggest, well, one of the biggest benefits was an opportunity for Hartman to get out of that gimmicky offense right. and come run a more traditional pro-style offense, have a chance to go to the, NI, to, to the NFL. But I subconsciously just said it, NIL was a thing as well. They got him here because right. – even if the NFL doesn't work out, he still just made probably, you know, at least a couple million bucks Correct. on his NIL stuff. And, you know, so he's got that as a fallback, you know, they, they like they pitched him, you know, how win, someone win. like him, yeah, could come yep. here to Notre Dame, you know, be the yep. quarterback at Notre Dame, make a lot of NIL money. And also, you know, like they, they, they didn't break out their own pot of gold, you know, to do it. Right. But they told him, you know, look, you can come here and you can get a lot of NIL money. Get, and it yeah, worked eight. out. Beats by Dre and Under Armour before the season ever started, you know, and maybe the King yeah. of Dublin threw something in there, too. I don't know. But like <laughs> it's it's just I think Jess said it like get used to it because the kind of program that Wake Forest is, you know, these lower, you know, middle to lower tier power five programs you know, and even FCS and, and other levels, you are probably going to be producing players for, for other programs yep. at some point, whether it's, it's kind of like Juco, when you think about it at the end yeah. of the day, you know, well, like we, these guys go there for two yep. years and then, you know, they, they might outgrow their situation and find an opportunity that's better suited for them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if you have an issue, then you need to get your program at a stage where it's, that's not the case. Guys want to be there for three or four years. Well, and that's that's what we all knew was going to happen with NIL anyway. The big programs were going to get bigger and better, and they were going to use the lower programs to make themselves better. And it, it's always been the case. Like, guys have been transferring up 
Right. It's before NIL. It's just no, now it's more prominent and it's and it's out in the open. And it's, you know, it's like, hey, here it is. And it did Notre Dame like it was there a check written and signed by Father Jenkins? No. But Notre Dame facilitated those deals that he got. And right. Notre Dame promised him, like, look, you're the quarterback at Wake Forest for five years. We will instantaneously raise your profile uh off the field. If you come to Notre Dame, yeah. period, end he's, of discussion. He has opportunities here at Notre Dame right. that he didn't have at Wake Forest because Absolutely. he's the quarterback at Notre Dame. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Notre Dame, I realize they're hesitant, you know, to, you know, on, but there, there, there are ample NIL opportunities at Notre Dame. Notre Dame needs to do a little bit better job of maybe a lot better job of making that more public to combat some of the, Negative recruiting type yeah. stuff, negative things yeah. that float out about, you know, about, oh, you can't get NIL at Notre Dame. Just look at Sam Hartman. He's the poster child. That's all you got to do. And it's yep. and, and they did a good job of publicizing some of the stuff that Sam Hartman was getting and doing, like, you know, giving the stuff to the players. And, right. You know, With the social media stuff. and stuff like, like they that. They did a yeah. better job of it, but they need to put out more about, you know, what everybody's getting, what everybody's doing. But I, I, I digress on that. But. You know, the, the bottom line is Jesse hit the nail on the head. It's a jilted X X on this, and, and he's right. upset. And it didn't help that he got spanked. His football team got <laughs> spanked in that in the game. I mean, it didn't help. Yeah, maybe that's why his attention was on the video board at yeah. that point. There's but, nothing you can do, dude. And that like, is an annoying lose. song. Like, it, I'm sorry. Again, you, Whitney Houston, great singer and all that. But that, it, it is like when which, she – high note. Oh, man. Which is why it was funny, though. You know right. what I mean? It's like a cringeworthy right. song, which I totally understand. I feel like and an SNL skit, to be honest with you. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I was dying laughing at the time. Like, I thought it was really funny because the moment that happened it is absolutely creative. And and they hung on to it, like, way too long. It was like a minute and a half. <laughs> and, and that's a long time in that song. And yeah. <laughs> you could tell Sam Hartman was getting annoyed with the whole – like, he was embarrassed. He's like, no, look the camera that way. You know, it was yeah. it was funny. It was really, really funny. And, and then he got his marshmallow and his hot chocolate on the way. <laughs> That's what I heard. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's okay to laugh. Like, it's okay to have a good time, Dave. Like, you know, come on, man. It's not it that serious. It's yeah. not. Scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you this is going to be Audric Estime's last game in an Irish uniform? Mm. I, I'm going to put this at a solid... Seven. I think I said earlier in the week, wow. Monday. Um, to me, Audrey Gestime makes the most sense in terms of bowl game. Who who would sit out? I think Joe Alt will play. I think that, um, and really, that's like Alt, Alt and Estime on offense are really the two guys. I mean, you could say Hartman, but I know he's playing. Um, and then on defense, I would say breaking like, news. <laughs> maybe Xavier Watts, you know, but like I, there's still questions about if he's even going to come back next season. So it's like, you can't even rule him out in that game. Um, maybe Howard cross, but I, again, I see him playing. Howard so cross, yeah, Riley I, Mills guys. Yeah. But I, I think that estimate yeah. is if you look at someone who you would say, that's the guy who I think has the highest chance of sitting out and makes the most sense in a bowl game. It's all your guesstimate because he, as a running back, you just can't take that chance of, you know, taking a, a, a tackle to the leg, a tackle to the ankle. He stands but, the greatest chance for injury because of the right. position that he's playing. And so, yeah. and, and you, you look at his stock right now as, as a running back. I just think that 
There's, and I said it last week or earlier in the week too. He came out in the press conference and all of his pads. And, and like after that game against Wake Forest, I think that's a pretty strong indication too of like, that's that's guy who wants to keep those pads on because once you take them off, that's the last time you're going to take them off at Notre Dame Stadium, right? And so that's, I think, plays into like, I'm just me reading into the things I've seen. I think Audra Gestime is the guy that's, that's ultimately going to sit out. So I think it's a solid seven out of 10. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go a little higher. I, I originally, when I read the question uh, ahead of time, show prep, I thought it was, <laughs> is this the last season for Audrick Esther? I was like, it's a 75 out of 10. Like, there's no way he's coming back. And it's funny. There was a thread on the board <clears throat> talking about whether it will come. No, it was, it was on Twitter. I'm sorry. Uh, whether Estime is going to come back or whether he should or shouldn't. And, and the original poster was like, he absolutely should. He should do this. Like, are you? Are you outside your mind? Like, selfish. Audric Estime is a good running back. There's better running backs in the room than Audric Estime. There, there just are, and that I'm sorry, that's just a fact. And if he comes back, his carries are going to be more limited next year than they were this year. That's just, that's just going to happen. And yeah. so it You've is. Got to see more, they've got to see more Jeremiah Love. Absolutely, and, and it is in everybody's best interest for Audric Estime to go to the league right now. Everybody's. And then you dial it back to, okay, should he play in the bowl game? And I do think bowl opponent will have something to do with it. I'll just say that. So I'm not ready to start saying this person or this person will or won't play. That's fair. That's fair. I and think that's going to play into it. I do. What you're ah. saying is if it's a chance to play against Brian Kelly, then maybe things change I, a little bit. Maybe I some guys think are that. motivated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that. If it's anybody else other than LSU, I don't think that he plays. But that's why I'm only giving it an eight. So there's a nine and a 10 there that I would have gone to if I knew the bowl opponent at this point, and I don't. So I'm giving it an eight for all the reasons that Jesse said. There's way too much risk involved for him to go out and play. I agree with that. I mean, but man, I, I put it in an eight because you can argue, like, what is he even doing playing in this game? You yeah, know, for that matter, fair. because, you know, what does this game And speaking of which, I guess not like an individual in his future. So I was pissed that they had him in on that the last drive that he was in. Because I get that they're trying to get him 100 yards, but they left him in like three or four plays after he got the 100. They've done that a few times this season. I don't, I don't, man. I was really mad because I needed three more passing yards from Sam Hartman. So you're you're taking out Hartman, (laughs) but you're keeping in Estime. Make it make sense. Well, because 100 yards for Audrey Estime is like an actual thing. And there was no number that Sam Hartman needed to get to unless he knew you. Yeah. yeah, maybe and they were it, trying to get him, you know, on that Doak Walker <clears throat> list, you know, with that extra, you know, to say yeah. he had X amount of hundred yard games. Yeah. I don't know, but it, yeah, it didn't work. And that's what, like, I look at this game. Jesse and I were talking about it earlier in the week. I look at this game, and I think that this could, you know, again, like when we were talking about how many touchdown passes is Hartman going to have if 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 Estime gets going early, Estime running angry out there this could turn into the Audric game like you could be talking about a 200 yard game potentially i think so yeah yeah really my radar is going crazy do, 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 do. i might i might have to do a three touchdown Audric game just for fun <laughs> a lot of rivalry games i guess maybe by the time some people listen to this the ohio state michigan game will either be <laughs> over or at least at halftime it's in the background people are gonna be whatever. listening to this in the background but is it must see do you care who wins I think it's must see um, because I think it, you have uh, one, you have all the drama this year, but outside of the drama this year, the, it it's always a big game. It's always a meaningful game of what's going to go, you know, what's going to transpire in the college football playoff. 
Um, I don't care who ultimately wins because either way I win, I, I live in Ohio. And so if Michigan wins, I can make fun of all of the Ohio state people. <laughs> and if Ohio state wins, my biggest rival or my biggest grudge is a, a buddy I went to college with uh, in Michigan and he's a huge Michigan fan. So there's nothing worse than rubbing it in his face. Anytime Michigan lose. So it's, it's a win-win for me. I just like to see a good game. And again, the implications that it has on the rest of the college football landscape is why it's must see for me. <sighs> I'll watch it, so I guess that means it's must-see. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's not going to be any other noon game that I'm interested in that I'm aware of. So well, that's I'm, what I like about the you know the Fox game. with the big noon kickoffs. Yeah, you can put a big game. They just like give it to you at noon. Roll out yeah. there and, Which, and just watch it. I like it. And it's like the only like benefit New Year's of, Day almost. It's like the only benefit of Notre Dame playing at seven is you get to watch that entire game. Which yeah. which I will do. Um, and so it is must-see TV. Do I care who wins? Not really. Like, I, I guess I, I dislike both teams. But right. With so it's always going, a win-win. Yeah. But with everything that's going on right now, I do care if Michigan loses. Like, I would very much be in favor of that. <laughs> um, and I probably, even if all of this stuff wasn't going on, I would still root against Michigan because that's just what I do. So I do care who wins. But at the end of the day, it's like, does it change anything about my life? No. I don't, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep if, if Michigan happens to win that game, I'll just be annoyed. So, you know, I care, I, mean, I guess. If you love college football, which we do, it's it's a must-see <clears throat> game because it's two of the top teams in the country and it's a rivalry game. It's the end of the season. It's like the, you know, this this game counts or whatever, if you whatever. But um this has always been the the like the Schadenfreude game to me. It's like I've always pulled for the team that is going to mess up the other one's season the most when Michigan and Ohio State play, but they're both undefeated. And obviously they both still have a chance, just like last year, of getting in the playoff. But at least we, we know pretty much the winner of this game is getting into the playoff. And then it'll be a matter of you know what the game looks like if the loser gets in. And all that kind of stuff. So do I care who wins? Kind of like what Vince said. I'm probably slightly pulling for Ohio State just a little <laughs> bit more. Just because of all the crybaby stuff that that you know that Michigan has been doing for the last month with with, with all this sign stealing. You're not a you know, stop yeah. being martyrs. Like yes. you did it. You acknowledge yes. you did it. Just quit already, you know? Yes. Like just come on. So for that reason, I'm sort of forced. Yeah, to pull a little bit more for the guy who was born on third base, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong because you know it's Michigan versus everybody. Well, it's because you're an idiot. It's because you don't shut up. That's why everybody's against you because everybody has a problem with the way you're handling the situation. Right. And you're you know, not America's with, team. No. no, not even close. And nobody gives a crap about Michigan outside of Michigan. But <laughs> they they have made themselves a target. That's the problem. They have made themselves a national target. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the old saying where there's smoke, there's fire. All these little violations that Michigan's haven't been having to deal with over the last few years under Jim Harbaugh. You know, it's, oh, you know, no big deal there. Oh, it's no big deal here. Oh, it's no big deal here. Well, <laughs> you know, it's starting to become a big deal. And yep. you can't sit there and be like, well, you know, it's, all, it's not our fault. We did it. But, you know, don't be mad. Right. You know, like that. I can't stand that. Just own it. If they would have just sat back and owned it. There actually might be people rooting for Michigan to win this game coming up because there's plenty to hate about Ohio State. There's plenty to hate about Ohio State. Believe me, I am not a fan of the Bucknuts. But in this case, 
I hope they throttle Michigan in Michigan right. Stadium. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you're either going to watch the game as a total neutral party or you've got to pull for somebody. So yeah. I, I can't watch games where I don't care. I can't. I, I have to be pulling for somebody for some reason. That's why and gambling what, is great, right? Gives you absolutely. a rooting interest. <laughs> I, I have. I, it was very easy to find a reason to root against Michigan. <laughs> Should Florida State make the college football playoff without Jordan Travis if they go 13-0? I'm going to have to say yes, because you can – I don't think that you should be judged off of, you know, mm-hmm. what potentially could be happening. You should only be judged off of what you have done. And if that were the case with Ohio State a few years ago, they would have, you know, not – they would have got left out. But Cardell Jones found a way for them to win in the playoffs. Right. And to me, that's enough to say that any team could have that happen. We don't know what Florida State's backups look like. We're going to find out here, you know, in these last two games that they're going to play in. But if they find a way to win with a backup against um, Florida, who's, I mean, not great, and a, a good Louisville team and the ACC championship, of course they do. They, they you, don't, you don't deserve to be penalized, again, for what, you, what could be forecasted to happen. You can only be – you should be rewarded for what you have done. And so I do think that they should deserve their chance at 13-0. I completely agree with Jesse. I, if they're 13-0, they belong in. You can't knock a team if they're one of the only undefeated teams in the country in a Power 5 conference. They won their conference. They did all the things that they're supposed to do. You can't knock them because a kid got hurt. like that. Right. That I, I don't think that's fair. I'm sorry. Will, will they get pounded maybe in the first game of the playoff? Maybe. But they still deserve to be there. And so... If they go undefeated, 13-0, they 100% belong in the college football playoff. I think they probably lose Saturday. but <laughs> they, might. I, they might. So it may be a moot point, but if they're 13-0, they belong in. They belong in. No, absolutely. And, and the, the case that, that Jesse brought up, the, the Cardale Jones, Ohio State was on their third-string quarterback, and they won yep. a national championship. Like, if they keep winning – with the back and that's that's what they've still got two more chances to show that they deserve to be in obviously if they lose one of these games then no they don't deserve to be sure in the playoff but if they go 13 and 0 with the backup quarterback i think they absolutely deserve to be in there there's no there's no reason yeah. to leave if, them out because again there's precedent that's right. happened before it's a good call if they go 12 and 1 like let's say they lose today or you know saturday and then they lose. Then they win the ACC championship, right? So they're a conference champion with one loss. Now you're comparing a lot of one loss conference champions. Yeah. It's so a lot if you're com- if you're comparing resumes, then I think they fall behind because of the Travis injury. Right. So that's where I think it comes into play if they yeah. lose the game. Exactly. Does that make sense. Yeah. No. Exactly. And you know, like we were talking about Louisville sitting there with one loss. If if they run the table as well, like, do they deserve? to be in there. And I realize, you know, we're kind of shifting here, but personally, I don't think they do because right. of when you start comparing who these other teams lost to right. the Pittsburgh loss is a lot worse Ooh, for Louisville than, rough. than any of these other teams what mean, they're going to have for a loss. I think an, an injured Jordan Travis is better than Plummer at quarterback too. So, yeah. uh, you know, you take that into account. Yeah, <laughs> yep. exactly. So we're coming out of Thanksgiving weekend. Lions head coach Dan Campbell says, Turkey stinks. He'd rather have ham. He doesn't like dressing or cranberry sauce. (laughs) Where do you stand on Dan Campbell's Thanksgiving hot takes? 
Vince, I, I I love turkey. I just think it's a matter of if the turkey's done right. You shouldn't blame turkey for, for the cook if it being dry or not having a lot of flavor or anything right. like that. If you run into some good, juicy, flavorful turkey, how are you turning that down? You know, like that's that's good, solid meat. And then you throw in, I'm not a cranberry sauce guy, but I know people who are. And I mean, it's, it just adds that kind of flavor. And especially if you do have a dry turkey, that 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 cranberry sauce can bring back some of that juiciness that it's missing. So I'm always a fan of the turkey. I don't think it should ever be taken out of Thanksgiving. What kind of cranberry sauce, Dyers? <laughs> uh, you know, it's typically whatever my wife buys. I think she might get it at Trader Joe's. I'm not sure. I saw, like, I can see the can of ocean. It's just, spray you know, I don't can. go overboard with the cranberry sauce, but I right. like a little cranberry sauce. Sure. And like, especially like when I'm doing the leftover sandwiches, that's when I really mm. love the cranberry sauce with the turkey <clears> and. I'll okay. even smear a little bit of, uh, you know, like mashed sweet potato on that sandwich. Mm. So, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the, the gelatin, uh, you know, the one that looks no, like, like, the, like the fake, as fake as yeah. you can get. Man, that's, that's a good call. It's like the one your like grandma brings to the <laughs> Just, party. I love that one. Not, like the real, not the real lumpy stuff and all right. that. Yeah, like that's the gelatin yes. cranberry sauce. There you go. I like I'm that. sorry. I, I, I dig it. And I, I don't like a little goes a long way. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I like the canned stuff better. I'm at that. That's me. As far as the turkey is concerned, like Thanksgiving <laughs> is for turkey. I get that. And I usually make the bird. My wife and I will make the bird. And then everybody brings a dish, you know, kind of a deal. Right. And so I think, we do a pretty, I think we do a pretty good turkey, to be honest with you. Okay. But if you had a haul, if you had a cooked ham and you had the turkey <laughs> sitting side by side, I'm going ham all day. Ooh, I'm, I'm half and half. I, I I respect See, my turkey, and we actually do. We do both in this household because some well people like turkey, okay. some people like ham. Yeah. My dad and my daughter are like the two that are all in on the ham. Yeah, as long as the bird's cooked right, you know, you, you can still right. dress it up with a little gravy and cranberry sure. sauce and stuff sure. like that. I, but, yeah. And we always do. We always do a ham for Christmas. So you know, I just got to wait yeah. a month. So I'll eat the turkey. I have no problem with that. I'll wait a month to get my ham. Uh, but I, I love dressing. I, I do love the stuffing. The stuffing slash dressing. Like, big fan of that. I mean, carbs, clearly, is a fan. I'm a fan of carbs. Um, and then, you know, a good a good pumpkin pie. Like, there, there are certain staples that I am a big fan of. Any kind of a, of a potato. Uh, yep. pretty Again, carbs, not surprisingly. I do like a potato or like a mac and cheese, like a baked mac and cheese. You know, that kind of a deal. So yep. it is Thanksgiving. I will go the turkey route, but I do prefer ham. I would probably actually lean a little bit towards ham, but on Thanksgiving, right. I do like the turkey. Yeah. Like in general, I like ham better than turkey. But here's here's the spin that you have to uh, try if, if uh, you haven't already done this. I started <laughs> doing this a couple years back. Get yourself a little waffle maker, take okay. your dressing, put it in the waffle maker, and make yourself a stuffing waffle. And then, really? like, put your stuff on top of it, you know, like, if you like combining in that, like, or even, like, a turkey sandwich with, like, the if you do a couple of waffles. waffles. Like so, it's really good. Bread. It's, yeah. it's, and the, it wow. crisps up the So my, my favorite part bit. about Thanksgiving is actually the round two because we usually eat and then I get a round two of when the Cowboys come on. I get the rolls. I make like turkey sandwiches with stuffing, cheesy potato. I make some like ham sandwiches with stuffing, cheesy potato. Cheesy potato. Solid. It is. And it's just a nice just leftover sandwich. And that's I don't know why, but that's that's really when the, the it hits for me. 
I get that. And I, but I love those waffles. He he did. It's like just a little waffle maker. You just throw <laughs> kind of like the corn casserole, a little bit of stuffing. Yeah, that, that's a good call too. The corn casserole in the in the uh, waffle maker is also mm, kind of becomes corn like casserole. cornbread almost. Yep. Corn casserole is the bomb if it's done right. Yeah, mm. I'm a big exactly. fan. Big I think that's thing. the issue with Thanksgiving is unfortunately people just don't have you know don't the best it. cooks out yeah. there. That's right. You're, you're right, and that could spoil the, <laughs> that could spoil it for people. They, yeah. and you're stuck there. You're, so you're stuck saying there Dan Campbell's mom, and you just gotta sit there stuff. and eat him. Like, oh yeah, mom, this tastes really good this year. <laughs> I mean, oh, grandma, you're the best cook I know. Yeah, it could be <laughs> wife, I suppose too. You yeah. know, I don't know. I don't know what he's got going on. I don't know his situation. But all right, so we're gonna roll this as we as we finish up. With the game itself, Notre Dame-Stanford. Notre Dame is favored by 25.5. The over-under is 51.5. So let's just roll this into our game prediction right now. What's the final outcome going Vince, to be? you got to go first. I'm still calculating. <laughs> Vince has to go first. What was the over-under for the total? Because I 51.5. Oh, my goodness. Of course it is. Okay. So I I will take, the, I'll take Notre Dame uh, to cover. I think that I think that's going to be fairly easy, to be honest with you. And I, even though that's a, a rather large number, I still think that that's going to be pretty easy. Um, I guess I got to take the under for total points because that's what I ended up guessing. I had no idea the number was at 51 and a half when I made my guess. And it will probably go over, but I got to stick with my guess, right? I got to stay true to the prediction. Um you know, I, I outlined in my prediction all the, the two, you know, they're two and two on the road, all the stuff that we already talked about, all the issues that they've had on the road and all the different things. I don't think it matters in this game. I really don't. That's how bad Stanford is. They're they're really, really, really bad. The best attribute they have is their passing game, yeah. which ranks 57th in the country, but they're going up against Notre Dame's third ranked pass defense. So yeah. I think that completely gets neutralized, right? So my prediction is Notre Dame 48, Stanford 3, Ooh, which would be goodness. the lowest number of points Stanford has ever scored in the series um, against Notre Dame. And I didn't realize that until I looked. <laughs> um, actually, it's the lowest since 1942 when Notre Dame blanked them 27 to nothing. Okay. So I, I just think it's going to be a blowout, and I don't think they're going to sniff the end zone. And so, you know, if they happen to get a touchdown – Obviously, that makes it go over, but right now my total is fifty-one. So I guess, I guess I, me and Vegas, we're right on the same page with each other. I don't know. All right, Vince, I'm, I'm really upset. You took, uh, you took some, some, some firepower from me. Some thunder. Um, but here's, that's true. Here's, here's what I always look at. So Stanford averages their offense averages twenty points per game. I don't think they get that. Um, I think that they're going to be, I don't know, like the only way I see them scoring a touchdown is off like a gimmicky kind of trick play, right? Like something they haven't shown yet. And so, but Notre Dame and Al Golden said that they're, you know, he's the mad scientist. He's ready for all that this week. So I think it's Stanford's going to be right around six. I'm with you. I don't think they get in the end zone. I think they sneak a couple field goals in. Um, And then you start looking at, okay, how many points does Stanford usually give up per game? They give up 36 uh, on average per game. So I'm, I actually like that 48 number as well. So the, the total for me was 48 to six. Um, and I like that over just barely, but again, Notre Dame against these bad opponents, they have to do all the legwork in the over under. So that's what makes it so tricky. That's very true. That's very true. And you know, like I might be, I, I always worry, like, am I too high with this team and how many points I've got them? <laughs> am I too low? You know, the whole thing I, I ended up, a little bit on the high side, I think, last week. 
Wake Forest, and it was looking like, oh, man, they're going to get their points by halftime. But, you know, they <laughs> missed the field goal and kind of settled down. I've got Notre Dame winning 42-13. to 13. Got a little bit maybe of a medium between you guys. and I, I, I do think that there's still upside with what Notre Dame can score. It's kind of depends on – how oh, yeah. quickly this thing gets out of hand and it should get out of hand because of all the things that you guys touched on right there with the, you know, the stat rankings and all that different kind of stuff. I don't have to rehash that. It's, you know, the bottom line is it's a bad defensive team. Notre Dame is facing uh, a little bit better offensively in terms of, you know, what they can score, but they also don't go up against that many good defenses out there on the West coast. And this is going to be That's what I mean, <laughs> like, like, you right. know, this is going to be – Joel Klatt tried to say that Oregon was the best defense that USC has faced this year when, in fact, it is actually Notre Dame's, and this is going to be the best defense that Stanford has faced this year. So 42-13, Notre Dame winning. All right. Well, guys, the season, the regular season anyway, is over. Of course, we've got a bowl game, and we'll be doing a show before that. And We've got shows every day here on IB as we continue to crank it out year round and uh, again don't forget for uh, listeners slash viewers go to fubo tv that's probably the best bet that you have to find pac-12 network and find this game you might have to pay a little bit but you know if you really want to watch the game and as vince said dish tv has it as well and you know you might you know just call your local bars and stuff like that yeah, and seriously. you know it, I, I saw there were three places around town that are definitely okay. going to be carrying it. So, and your, your other option, it. your other option, is just the old radio right here because we're doing a game watch. So oh, is there? We're watching I didn't the realize game live, that. and we're going to do a modicum amount of play-by-play. It's not Sean Styers like, but we are going to let people know yeah. kind of where the ball is going, who you know, the down and distance, you know, all of that. So you can just watch it with us. You don't even have to have a visual. You can just watch it with us, and we'll have a good time. So we're gonna. Just, uh... Just text me. I'll, I'll send you the illegal stream if you don't want to hassle <laughs> with all that. Uh, all right. 6.30. Tune in. We'll be there. All right. Sounds good. Enjoy. Have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.